a suddenly there's a mouth of me a suddenly are you expecting it are you receiving it are you wanting it this is your time this is right now take the suddenly sing it again about to be a suddenly in this place Comments to me I'm gonna see Yes, I believe Anybody got any promises? Land about to be
sudden. This is a night of prophetic song. I wasn't able to make the Friday night prophetic conference, but I heard it was fabulous. And this morning, Pastor Kevin, uh, Karen gave a word. Talk about Israel. Jacob's name was changed to Israel. I'm telling you tonight, your name's about to be changed. God's about to do it suddenly. Look at the very first song we sung tonight. No more what? Shackles. No more. It's time to be free. It's time to allow God to do what he wants in our lives. It's time we move ourselves out of the way and let him have his way. If you came here tonight and you feel a pain in your body, now's the time to claim your healing. If you came here tonight and you're wavering in your walk, now's the time to change your waver and walk with the Lord. There's a suddenly happening. This is the season of suddenlies. We're going to see some things begin to happen in this church over the next three, four months. It's not going to be the same. It's not going to be the same. It's not going to be the same. Hallelujah. I'm with the greatest miracle of all. The greatest suddenly of all was Jesus on Calvary. When he said, it is finished, into thy hands I commit my spirit, he hung his head and gave up his life for you and me. Maybe you're here tonight and you're not where you need to be in your walk with the Lord. Maybe you're here tonight, you've not accepted Christ as your Savior. You're watching my live stream. It's not by accident you turned in. I believe God wants to do it suddenly in our lives. We're going to pray a prayer of salvation and recommitment. And I'm going to tell you something as you're praying this, expect. Listen, expect 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 to receive a suddenly because God's about to do something he's about to do something even now even now he's moving repeat this prayer with me Heavenly Father I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. Lord, I'm a Christian who's struggling. I ask you to forgive me. Wash me clean. Make me whole. Do it suddenly. Change my mindset. Change my outlook. 
change the way I do things. Wash me. Make me clean. Pure as snow. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for Calvary. Thank you for taking my place. And tonight, I commit and recommit my life to you. I expect, I expect, I expect, I expect, I expect a suddenly. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 I believe God's touching lives right now. I believe he's touching bodies physically right now. Breathe in and receive. Breathe in and receive. Breathe in and receive what God has for you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, as we continue to bask in your presence, we lift the lost to you. Lord, we bring our family and friends, co-workers. Lord, we bring that neighbor and the one we haven't met yet you're going to allow us to meet even this week. Lord, that word resonates in my head. Get the seed out of the barn. Lord, as we plant the seed, we thank you're going to water it. We're going to thank you even now for their salvations. We're going to praise you even now for their salvations. We're going to give you glory even now for their salvations. We're not going to doubt any longer, but we're going to stand in faith and trust and believe in God. You're going to do some miracle in their lives and bring them to you. Lord, we lift our bishop tonight. As he's watching my live stream. We thank you for touching and healing that body. Thank you, Lord, he's going to come back stronger than ever. Your arms not too short. We thank you, your presence is alive there as it is here. Lord, we lift our pastor, we lift Dr. Cheryl G tonight. Bless her, Father. Bless her once again, open the floodgates of heaven and pour fresh anointing upon her as she prepares to bring the word you've laid upon her heart. We bring the ministry to this church, Lord, the network of the EACM team tonight. We thank you for the opportunity of being your servant. We ask God that you open our eyes, give us vision. Give us vision for that what you want us to do. Once again, we bring Apostle and Sister C before you. Thank you, Lord, for all that they've done. Touch them, we pray. Strengthen them. Pastor, Sister Gardner, Lord, I pray strength on their bodies.
in their minds. And tonight, we continue to thank you for Southern Leaves. We continue to thank you as you sweep across this place, as you meet us in our homes by live stream, that you're going to change us. You're going to change us. Tonight, we give you all the glory. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. Amen. Awesome. Woo. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Did everybody have a blessed day? Awesome. Amen. You go, girl. Woo. I love it. Well, we want to look tonight. Enter the gates. How many of you ever, you've seen gates, and when I say gates, what do you picture in your mind? Everybody picture silver gates or a gate, a swinging gate. What do you picture, baby? Awesome. Okay. How many of you picture you got a, you know, got a mindset about what a gate is? But what I want to challenge you tonight is it is nothing like you think. Now, Heaven's Gate, she's probably right. But I'm talking about Old Testament, what they considered a gate to get into a city, to get into the temple. Are you with me? Let's look at John chapter 10, verse 9. Jesus says, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. And they also use the word gate in some translations. In fact, in the Old Testament, Jesus was the gate for the sheep. He was called the gate to go in and to come out. And the thing about Jesus is that gate is always open for whoever wants to come in, isn't it? Anybody that wants to come in to Christ doesn't have to pay a fee doesn't have to say the magic word. He says, come on in. I invite you in. It'll only cost you your life. Hello? We can go through the gates to the city. Gates. 
Jesus is a gate of love, right? Because Jesus is love. So when we think of gates, I want to challenge your mindset for gates tonight because what we're going to do is examine what exactly do gates do. Oftentimes, we think gates are just for keeping things out. But that's not true. Some gates let you in. So let's look at this tonight. What do gates do? Jesus was the gate, right? We know that in the scriptures. He's the gate. He's the door. He's the way in, the way out. But what do exactly, do, what do gates do? First of all, the first thing is gates will give you access to a place. Gates give you access. You can get in through a gate. I used to, I grew up on the east side of Detroit, and we always had alleys. They don't have too many alleys anymore, do they? Everybody's alley has been refined. But our alley was creepy where I grew up, and so I always had to take the trash to the alley and had to go through the gate. And I hated that because we always had this padlock on our gate. So I had to undo the padlock. So a lot of times I would just take the bag of garbage and fling it over the gate. How many of you have some memories of those kinds of gates? Do your memories of what gates were kind of affect what you might think of as a gate in the scriptures. Sure. But gates, first of all, gave us access. Gates allowed the people to go from one place to get to the other side. Now, when I was in Israel, in the old cities, they would take us to the gates. And interestingly enough, some of the gates were just openings to the city, arches, and there was nothing to keep you from going in. It was just an arch. And they would say to us, now this is the gate of whatever city we were going into. And I thought it was interesting because I looked at the um, travel person that was showing us around, and I said, but there's no gate here. And he'd look at me and he'd say, Dr. Cheryl, why do you seem to think there needs to be something there? I said, well, doesn't the gate keep people or things out as well as let them in? He says, that's what people were for. So there were gate keepers. Oh. Gates gave us access. Let's look at John chapter 11, 25 and 6. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. 
He that believes in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. 26. No? No. Okay. I need 26, so hold on. Look at your look in your phone, look at your Bible, but get to John chapter 11. And this is good. How many of you know we got to look it up sometimes instead of always expect someone else to do everything for us? It says everyone living and trusting in me will never die. Do you believe this? He was it. Jesus was it. Look at your neighbor and say, Jesus was it. He was the way to get in. He was the way to get access. Look with me at John chapter 10, verse 7. It says, the thief comes but to steal, kill, and destroy. I'm come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. So now that tells me there were thieves at the gates. Ah, how many of you have ever experienced a thief at your gate? He's kind of faithful. He's kind of regular. See, when you received Jesus, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit so that not everything can get in. Hello? There is a seal on you, the scriptures tell us, where you were sealed until the day of redemption. Not everything's getting in. Not everything has access into your life. There's a gate there. If you don't trust Jesus, you really can't get in. And how many people have said, I've had people say to me, so you're telling me that your way is the only way. I say, well, it's not my way. It's what the word says. So you're telling me that if I don't believe in Jesus, I ain't getting in. Yep, that's how it goes. Don't you think that's kind of selfish? Don't you think that that's kind of prideful that you think your way is the only way. It's not just my way. Jesus said, I'm it. I'm the way in. So this person said that to me again on another day. And I said, have you ever been to Disneyland or Disney World? And she said, yeah, it was awesome. Did you need a ticket to get in? She says, well, of course. I said, and you spent a lot of money on that ticket, didn't you? She said, yeah. Are you telling me that's the only way you can get into Disneyland? And she looked at me. She goes, well, you got to buy a ticket. Oh, isn't that kind of selfish? 
and she was getting it. There's only one way in. He's it. Now, if we'll pay that money to go to Disneyland and not argue with them, how much more should we just accept he's it? He's the way in. And he's got every right to demand our lives because he gave his. And his bones, they're not lying in the ground buried somewhere. He rose again. He did it all. He's our gate. Look at your neighbor tonight and say, Jesus is our gate. He's our access to the Father. It says the Bible says you can't come to Christ. You can't come to the Father except through Jesus. Why? Because you're sealed by the power of the Spirit. He teaches us how to live. He teaches us how to love. 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 He teaches us how to be Christ to people. Nobody's impressed with all of our skills. Nobody cares that you know a lot. Nobody cares. Nobody cares, like I always say, if you walked in here and you glowed in the dark. Nobody cares. People care that you love, that you exhibit Jesus, that you are who you say you are. Are we who we say we are? Do we care? Jesus always cared. He was never too busy. He was never preoccupied. He was never just all about him. He always cared about everybody. He's the way in. Look at Matthew chapter 7, verse 13 and 14, because this is the way to get into the world. It says, enter at the straight gate. For wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And many there be which go in thereat. A lot of people are going in there. A lot of people. Because straight is the gate, narrow is the way that leads to life. And few there be that find it. Woe! We got these things going on in our brain that, oh, heaven's going to be zillions of people. Maybe not. When I read that, it tells me that the gate's wider for the people in the destruction part than the people in the narrow part. Wow. Why? Why would we choose the narrow way versus the destruction and wide path? Because I want to be wherever Jesus is. Now, it's not about, we should not walk around being in fear. We should not walk around going, well, I just want to be at the narrow gate because I don't want to be at the destruction gate because I'm afraid of going to hell. That's good. I guess if that's as far as your walk takes you, is that you just fear hell. I guess it's good. But how about loving God so much, loving Jesus, loving his presence, that you just want to be 
You don't even care if you got to be in such tight quarters that you're just smushed right in there at the narrow end because you just love him and you want to get as close to him as you can get. How many of you are getting what I'm saying? I want to be at the narrow gate because I just want to see Jesus. I want to be with Jesus. I want him to just touch me. But why is it that it says many are going to enter in at the wide gate? Because they don't care. Because they're satisfied with just... They're satisfied with just a little prayer and, hey, God. And they tip God. They don't tithe. They don't give back to God what belongs to God. They tip him. And they, they're satisfied with their 10 Bible pages and their, listen to me. I said it this morning. I'm going to say it again. It's not about quantity. It's quality. God knows your heart, and God knows that if you give him every last minute, that he'll bring the increase, and before long, it's a lot of minutes. He knows that if you give him the last five bucks you've got, that he can increase it, and before long, you've got more money than you know what to do with. He knows about quality. He could care less about quantity because a lot of people can give quantity they can read their 10 pages of the bible say look what i did today god they can put their seven million dollars in the offering plate look at what i'm giving in the meantime they got 32 million over here and they've tipped God, or they've read 10 Bible pages, but then they won't read 10 more for another two or three months. Quality. Look at your neighbor say quality. Because the gate that's narrow is quality. Are you with me? Second thing about a gate, it provides a way through a barrier. Gates make a way to get you through a barrier. You know, we went to Florida when the kids were small. And um, I'll never forget Universal City. And even uh, one of the Disney parks. So we took a family vacation and we took them. And Bishop couldn't do all the walking because of his leg and all. So we would always get a scooter, and we'd be chasing the scooter all day because he was like, zoom, 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 zoom. But we would get to the lines to get onto the rides, and you would always have to stand in line probably at least an hour for every ride. But because he was on a scooter and they considered that a handicap, they would always say to our little scooter and us, oh, you go over here and you can get right in. 
And I'll never forget the first time that happened to us. I just was looking at the guy going, oh, okay. And we got past his barrier, his little thing that stopped all the other people, but we just scootered our way right to the front. The kids were like, this is bomb. We don't got to wait. Dad, can we ride on the scooter with you? Isn't that like us? Jesus, you are the bomb. Can we just hop on your chariot and get going? Because that was a way through the barrier. Listen, sin separates us from God. Sin will separate us from God, right? That is just the fact of life. But thank God for Jesus. He gives us access to the Father who is love. Jesus says, look, I know you made a mess of things, but you're asking for forgiveness. You're repenting. You're pouring your heart out. Come on, hop on my scooter. We're getting past this barrier. Hallelujah! How many of you are getting the mental picture? Get on the right scooter. You don't have to stay separated from God. You don't have to be under judgment and condemnation. And look what you did. The blood of Jesus, relationship with Jesus, gets you through the gate. How many of you are getting that? Gates were fortified wherever they existed. If you came upon a city in the Old Testament... That gate was fortified. It had a wall up. It had gatekeepers. It was often made of stone or brass or some heavy metal. Or it could have been a drawbridge. How many of you ever seen drawbridges? Bottom line were those gates were humongous, sealed off like doors, right? See, what I'm telling you, I'm challenging your mind about what you see as a gate. It's not some little metal fence. You know, today with our little steel fences and stuff, you can't keep a whole lot out. Critters will get in, right? Critters come in through the aluminum fence. That's why I even put up my privacy fence in my yard. I got a big old six-foot privacy fence goes around the yard. I love it. Because my dogs, they'll bark at everything they see. Now they can't see nothing. So they don't bark as much. But I thought nothing's getting in. No critters are getting in here. Until one night. I see Princess out there, and it's getting dark out, and I see Princess at the back of the yard, and she's sniffing something. And it's pretty dark, but all I could see out there was this white patch. And I thought, what is she doing? I'm going to kill that dog. So I throw my little boots on to go out there, and I see this thing in the grass. 
Now I'm freaking out because it didn't look normal to me. <laughs> and I see Princess go over and grab it, like nip at it and drag it. I'm like, oh my God, she killed something. So I'm screaming at her, get away from that, get away from that, come here. How could anything have gotten in through the gates? So I thought, that's it. I left it there and I grabbed her and we got in the house and I said, honey, she killed something. And Bishop goes, what did she kill? I don't know, but there's something out there and it's white and it's laying there dead. He goes, well, we'll just get James tomorrow to scoop it up and throw it away. Okay. The next morning, James comes over. He goes, what's going on, Dr. Cheryl? I said, she killed something. Before I let these dogs out, she killed something. Something got in the gates. She killed something. You got to pick it up. You got to get rid of it. I don't know. <laughs> okay, don't worry about it. I'll go out there. She probably got a squirrel. I said, it want no squirrel. There ain't no white squirrels around here. He goes, well, I'll go out there. And so he goes out and he's out a bit. He comes back in and he, he shakes his head. He goes back out there. He comes, he goes, Dr. Cheryl, he goes, there's nothing out there. I'm telling you, there was something out there. I saw it. He goes, well, it ain't out there now. He goes, I'll bet you it was a possum because they play dead. I was so thankful that little guy played dead. When it's just an aluminum fence, even my privacy fence, that critter got in. I want to tell you, in Old Testament times, those things didn't get in because these doors were humongous and they were so many feet thick. It would take, listen to me, it would take 20 men to open the gate every day. Every morning, they would open the gate to the city, and every night, they would shut the gate to the city for protection because gates gave you access in. Gates gave you a way past a barrier so they weren't messing around. Do you know the veil? I studied this once. The veil to the temple that was rent in two? How many of you have seen... Uh, Re, you know, reproductions in, in dramas and different, where the, the veil is torn and it's wisping through the air. And it's real light and everybody thinks, oh, it was just a veil. The veil weighed over a thousand pounds. So when it rent in two, it had to only be God. It would take 200 men, 200 Levites, priestly people, to hold the veil back, to allow the high priest into the Holy of Holies. 200. Them gates were nothing to mess with. How many of you hear what I'm saying? So whoever... now. Write this down for yourself. It is really powerful. Whoever controls 
the gate rules the city. Whoever controls the gate rules the city. If Jesus is your gate, the question tonight is, does he control your gate and city? Does he rule and reign over your life? If you say, Jesus controls my gates, Jesus controls what goes in and what goes out. Jesus is the one in charge of my life. Gates were a stronghold, a good stronghold. They kept stuff out, but they let stuff in. What are you letting in? What are you putting out? Look at John 14, 6. Jesus said, I'm the way. I'm the gate. I'm the truth. I'm the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. Is he the one in control of your gate? Now we want to say yes, but thank God for the blood of Jesus, right? Thank God for the blood of Jesus. And it's okay because when we mess up, we've got the gatekeeper, the bouncer, who's going to make sure it all works out. How many of you see Jesus as a bouncer? He's the bouncer to your gate. When that enemy comes lurking, Jesus bounces him right out of there. Oh no, Satan, not today. How many of you say that? I say that some days. I wake up, I start getting irritated, I start getting in a bad mood, I start getting short with Bishop, or I get ugly or say something, then he'll go, honey, and I'll say, you're right. You know what, devil, not today, Satan. Bounce that demon. Bounce it. Get it out of your way. Get it away from your gates. Don't let it in. Don't watch what you shouldn't watch. Shut it off. Put it out. Don't let people fill your ears. Well-meaning people. It's not, they don't come at you like demonic entities. Because <laughs> you'd recognize it. They're regular, ordinary, everyday people. You love them. And they say stuff and you're like, nope, not today. God bless you, I can't can't engage got to block this gate right here <laughs> got to block the ear gates got to block the eye gates watch what you allow in and out of your gate the last thing here the gate controls who may or may not enter oh look at revelation 22 14 and 15. Blessed are they that do this commandment, do his commandments, that they may have right to the tree of life and they may enter in through the gates into the city. 
For without, on the outside, are dogs and sorcerers and whoremongers and murderers and idolaters and whosoever loveth and maketh a lie. Wow. So they ain't getting in. Right? They ain't getting in. They're not allowed in. The question again is, what are we allowing in and what are we allowing out? Well, I don't hang around with sorcerers, Dr. Cheryl. No, but I know Christians that think it's okay to read horoscopes. I know Christians that are constantly saying, what's your, um, what are those crazy horoscopes? What's your zodiac sign? I don't even know my name some days, let alone the zodiac sign. Well, I don't hang around with whoremongers. I, I, don't, I don't engage in that. No, but do you minister to people? When you know they got something going on in their lives, do you say stuff to them like, hey, I'm here to help? Or, you know, if you need something, if you need me, you know, let me, let me talk to me. We may not be right there engaging, but be careful what you let in. Oh, there's nothing wrong with horoscopes. It's just in the newspaper. Well, I've never yet found too much good in the newspaper. <laughs> I don't know about y'all, but not never positive. Might have one little story about, you know, someone who did a good deed is tucked way in the last page in the corner. Be careful. Be careful what you let into your gates and what's allowed in and out of it. It's hard to get past a gate when you are saturating yourself with the Word of God. Hard to get past a gate when you are praying and talking to God throughout your day. Because Holy Ghost is faithful. He'll be right there going, um... You know, the other day I'm driving. I mean, this lady cut me off. Two more split seconds, she'd have rubbed my fender. And I just drive and I'm going, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Bless that woman, Lord. Hallelujah. I just kept saying it because I was so irritated. And it was not what I wanted to come out of my mouth. I, thank you, God. I just bless that woman. That is not what I wanted to say. That is not what I wanted to come out of that gate. But I was like, mm, mm love, love, love. Thank you, Jesus. And the Lord's just like, good job, Cheryl. You're doing it. How many of you hear what I'm saying? Watch what you allow in. Watch what you allow out. Know that when you are saturating yourself with that praise and worship, put your praise and worship on in the car. Put, put just 102.7 or what are the uh, K-Love or all that. They play great music. It's Christian. You're getting the word. And just saturate yourself. It's really hard to get ugly 
when you're saturated with that. It's really hard to not guard your gate because you're being careful. You're being wise. God has to be our stronghold gate. Look at Psalm 18 too. I love this verse. He says, the Lord is my rock, my fortress, my deliverer, my God, my strength in whom I will trust. My buckler and the horn of my salvation, my high tower. That's a gate. In the scriptures, a high tower is a gate. Why? Because it's a tower that overlooked the city and protected the city with a gatekeeper who would yell and scream, enemies approaching. Get your little antennas up there. Enemies approaching. I got to watch what I'm saying, what I'm thinking, what I'm doing. In John 10, 1, look at this. Verily I say to you, he that entereth not by the door or the gate into the sheepfold, but climbs up another way, he's a thief and a robber. You try to get into Jesus or get to God any other way, you're a thief and a robber. There it is. I didn't create that. That's a scripture. You can't find another way to God. You can't find another way into the gate. I love the way bishops always said this. He preaches, ain't no sin going through them gates. Ain't that the truth? I don't know why people think, well, if I just say 10 little prayers, God's going to let me slide in. No, he's not. Ain't no sin going through them gates. So people that hold on forgiveness, here's a big one. Well, you don't understand, Dr. Cheryl, I have a right to not forgive. I got, we all got rights. Everybody today in this, in this uh, generation, they're all fighting for their rights. But that isn't what the scripture says. Scripture says the way is narrow. Ain't no sin going through them gates. You hold on forgiveness, that is sin. So it sounds like ain't going through them gates. How many of you are hearing what I'm saying? Every night, man, when your head hits that pillow, Jesus, show me anybody I need to forgive today. Even if I don't want to, I'm forgiving them. Because I don't want nothing wrong between me and you, Jesus. I want to show this clip as we close. It's a clip from Heathrow Airport. Someone took this clip, and it's great. It's at the arrival gates. How many of you have ever been to the airport and been to the gates? And the same way that you leave those gates to get on the airplanes, you got to go through the gates, right? And if you don't have a ticket, you ain't got to wait on them airplanes to get through the gates. And when they're landing and you're coming in from a gate, this clip is so right on because it represents spiritually, it shows 
people coming and arriving. Now there is no bitterness, no anger, no hatred, no unforgiveness. At the arrival gates, you're going to see, it is a typical example of Jesus Christ. Going through the gates. I thought of, as I was looking at this clip, I thought of the flights from 9-11 that went down and people were murdered and killed. And I thought of all the ones that had called home and talked to their loved ones before they died. There was no hatred. There was no anger. They called and they were just like, I love you. I want you to know I love you. I may never see you again, but I love you. Wow. Gates, watch this. Whenever I get gloomy with the state of the world, I think about the arrivals gate at Heathrow Airport. General opinion starting to make out that we live in a world of hatred and greed. But I don't see that. Seems to me that love is everywhere. Often it's not particularly dignified or newsworthy, but it's always there. Fathers and sons, mothers and daughters, husbands and wives, boyfriends, girlfriends, old friends. When the planes hit the Twin Towers, as far as I know, none of the phone calls from the people on board were messages of hate or revenge. They were all messages of love. Sneaky feeling you'll find that love actually is all around. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, we thank you tonight for revealing yourself as our gate, our gate of love, our gate of life. You are revealing yourself to us every day. Truly, you are the access in to the kingdom, the access in to the Father. Lord, we acknowledge you tonight as our gate. We thank you that you keep us, guard us, protect us, seal us to your Holy Spirit. Lord, we thank you that even as we go tonight, you will get us past barriers. You will open and shut what you have for our lives. Help us to be very careful about what gates we open and what we allow in and what gates we shut and what we put out. Help us to see that you are making us strong you are making us a force to be reckoned with against the powers of darkness. Father, tonight 
I ask for that gift of repentance to settle upon us. It's a gift, God, and we thank you for it. I thank you for that gift that says, innocent. I stamp on you a verdict of innocent. Thank you, God. Thank you for the blood of Jesus tonight. Lord, as we go through this week, bring this word back to us to show us gates, to show us what gates we need to shut and what gates we need to open. Show us your protection over our lives. Show us your love and show us how to love. Father, we thank you tonight. We thank you. We praise you. We say, have your way, Lord. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. If you need prayer tonight for anything, I just invite you to come forward. If you're watching by live stream, please list your prayer requests. We are happy to go through that feed and pray throughout the week for you. We're going to receive our seed offering. If you came in late, you want to drop your tithe in, that's great. And then we invite you to have refreshments with us in the back.